Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's get into the Word now. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 17. I'm starting a series today called When God Says No. Now there are a lot of strange ideas about God responding with the word no. A lot of misunderstanding, a lot of uh, religious beliefs about it, uh, whether that's through people's own experience or just a a misunderstanding of the circumstances of life and um, uh, what God's part is in this world. And he is in control, but he is not controlling everything. And so uh, God is not a negative God. God is on our side and he is a yes God. But there are places in scripture where he specifically says no. But birthed out of that, uh, we're going to find promise where God says no. It's not just a refusal of something and a, a, a solid answer. No, it is actually to open you up to, us up to, a yes coming from him. And so there are things that need to shift and change. And we're going to see that in the scriptures Uh, walk through several in the Old and New Testament and really get a a Bible understanding of when God says no. It always comes out for our good. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5. Now this is where God is about to make a covenant with Abram and this is where he's going to change his name and we're going to look at verse 5 where God says, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now, this verse is extremely important for all of us as believers because the Bible has connected us to Abraham. He is the father of our faith. Galatians chapter 4, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here. Verse 28, it says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. You know that you are a child of promise. And that promise is this, I have made you a father of many nations, meaning that Abraham is your father. He's your father of faith. A part of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham is you. (laughs) That's awesome, isn't it? And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, what he's saying is you get what Abraham got. The same promise that was given to Abraham is the same promise that's given to you. The inheritance that was given to Abraham is the inheritance that now you've come into as a child of God. So the thing that we need to understand from this scripture where God says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but from now on you shall be Abraham, is that you are who God says you are. It's that simple. And you need to identify with what God says. You are no longer who you used to be now that you've come into Christ. Now that you are a new creation, the old things are gone, the Bible says. And you are heirs according to this promise. And so when God told Abram, you're no longer going to be Abram. In other words, that life is a limited life. That name is a limited name. And when God introduced himself to Abraham in this chapter, he said, I am almighty God. It's the first time we see God revealing himself as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, the all-sufficient sustainer. And so now he's giving a name to Abraham that connects him to this God who is more than enough. I have made you a father of many nations. What you've come into is so large. This life with God is so much bigger and grander than life by itself. Um, A man by the name of Anton Lynch 
was a drug dealer, uh, eventually a drug addict, and lived on the streets for many years in the um, country of Bermuda. It's a, it's a British island territory uh, in the northern Atlantic. And the flow of much of the flow of the drug traffic depended upon him. He had really built a reputation as a mover and a shaker in the drug world there. But he had this long rap sheet of criminal activity. But he had an encounter with God. And that encounter with God began to turn his life around. He ended up uh, being a part of Narcotics Anonymous and uh, began to kind of clean up his life and, and get a hold of life and get self-control again, get control of his life. And, but something was happening during over time that as he's walking with God, he just became uncomfortable with the phrase that they say, I'm Anton and I'm an addict. And over time, that just really nagged on him because inside there was this turmoil going on as, because as he's walking with the Lord, um, he's getting new revelation of life and, and, and the way God sees his life. He, just, he said, I kept hearing the word recovered, not addicted. I kept hearing the word recovered. I'm recovered. I, for me to say I'm an addict really isn't true anymore. And so eventually he got married to a beautiful woman named Patrice, and she really encouraged him in the things of God because she had been a Christian for many years and really helped him in his relatively new walk with the Lord. And she encouraged him to identify as recovered. Well, they went on to have children. They have grandchildren today. And it's a, an amazing privilege for me that just last week, Anton and his wife Patrice preached for me in, for their final grade in homiletics. To see what you once were to now what you are, you have to accept God's no. That you are no longer a sinner. You are now saved by grace. You're also no longer a slave. The Bible says you are sons of God. Praise God. You must believe that that no is a no. That's not who you were. This is who you are. And God says in his word that you are blameless. You are holy. You're above reproach. Hallelujah. In his sight, you are righteous. You are blessed. You're healed. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're accepted. So receive that today. Believe that he, you are who he says you are because that's absolutely what you are. Grab a hold of that. Confess that over your life. Remember, faith is believing and speaking. Believe it with your heart and confess it with your mouth. You're going to come into what God has promised you. You're going to live in that reality. You believe it and declare it so. Now I want us to go to Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. We're going to jump down here in this chapter. And it's interesting, another place where God says no. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. The thing that we need to learn from this place where God says no is this. God's promise is greater than our performance. God's promise is greater than our performance. The reason God told Abraham no here uh, is because Abraham asked God to bless what he had done already in having Ishmael with the bondwoman or the slave woman, Hagar. Remember, Sarah was barren. She couldn't have children, and God told 
uh, Abraham that, you know, he's going to multiply his seed as the stars uh, of the sky and as the sand on the seashore. And, and Sarah, she's thinking, okay, well, good for you. <laughs> so since that's not going to happen for me, then take my handmaid and have, have a child with him, with her. And so he did. And Ishmael uh, is born and, and now he's a few years old at this point. And so Abraham is trying to get God to, to just bless what he's already done, what he has accomplished by himself. And this is where God teaches him and all of us something greater. And that is his promise is what he wants revealed in our lives. Your performance has nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, you can't perform for it. There's really only one thing that we can do, and that is to believe it. And God is not going to have it that way where we are striving for it, we're toiling for it, because God is a God of promise. And as I said earlier, we're children of promise. His blessing on us is not contingent upon what we do or don't do, but rather our belief in him. And you're simply spinning your wheels if you are trying to get God's attention in that way. You're trying to get God to bless you. You're trying to get him to see all the things that you're doing so that maybe, you know, he'll, he'll pay the debt that he owes you. No, no, no. Jesus said in John 6, 29, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So leave that performing to God. Amen. Because first of all, he does it right every time. And, uh, he never messes that up. He has already actually performed it. And our part is to only believe. The great reformer Martin Luther, who was a Catholic monk, and he was so tormented by his own sins and by his own failures that he found himself regularly going to confession. Uh, sometimes he went several times a day. He was just a very sorrowful man and wept all the time. As a matter of fact, not only did he go to confession all the time, but, you know, he, he did penance where he would punish his own body by cutting himself, injuring himself, some way to show his sorrow and his sincerity for his wrongdoing. One day he was reading the scriptures and he came across Romans chapter one, where it says the just shall live by faith. Something about that. He couldn't he couldn't shake it. It just kept coming up in his spirit. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And, and revelation began to flood his soul, so much so that he believed it. He believed that it is this simple. The gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. The just shall live by faith. That sparked the beginning of what we know as the Reformation that on October the 31st, 1517, he nailed the 95 Thesis on the Wittenberg Castle door, challenging the Pope to a debate and to do away with them selling indulgences and to say, no, 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 this is not about performance. And, and their, their cry, their rally cry for the Reformation was solo fide or sola fide or uh, sola Cristo, which is Christ alone, faith alone. God's promise is greater than what you could ever do or not do. God says no to anyone who will trust in their own efforts. He says no to anyone who will not simply believe in his son. Those who strive in their own reasoning and strength for spiritual gain. But all his promises, praise God, are yes and amen. So when you understand the no, then you'll really get the yes. Hallelujah. So it, it's greater. His promise is greater. Just rest in that. Rest in God and his promise because 
He is able to perform everything he promised. This is the place that Abraham came to. He became fully persuaded that God was able to perform his good word. Not considering his own body, the age, him as good as dead at 100 years old, or Sarah, his old wife. He got his eyes full of the promise. Amen. So just receive that today. And, and I want you to just say this with me. God's promise is greater than my performance. Let's say it again. God's promise is greater than my performance. Amen. Now I want us to go to James chapter 1 in verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. I love this verse. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And then 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 kind of gives us another angle at this truth. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, this is God talking about himself here. This is the word revealing to us the know of God. There is no variation and there is no darkness. There is no shadow of turning. In other words, he's light through and through. There is no shadow. And there is no change in his course. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is forever faithful. Now, what it says is that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And this is what I want us to glean from this. The Father's gifts to us are a representation of him or an expression of him. He never changes, so his gifts never change. So he's perfect and he's good, right? I mean, the, the word of God says that God is good and he does good. Amen. So knowing that, we can fully trust him, that every good gift and every perfect gift is truly from him. And he's never going to change the way that he disperses his gifts. It's always good. No variation, no darkness. I love that. So when it comes to this good and perfect God, and the gifts that he gives that are good and perfect. The word perfect means full maturation or complete. So the gift that he has put in you, that he's given you, he's given everybody different gifts, various talents, uh, so that we can fulfill his purpose in the earth and live a fulfilling life. But sometimes we don't always see the, the fullness of that gift. We may just see the very beginning of it, but then as we walk by faith, we see that this gift that has been put in us, what God starts, he will finish. Remember what the word says? That he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you can rest in the resource of this gift, that in it there's supply, there's provision, there's help, there's wisdom, there's understanding, there's insight, there's revelation, there's uh, practicality and how to walk it out. It's a complete and perfect gift. This is awesome. So that our walk then with God is one that's fully believing and trusting and clinging to him. He's good. He's given us everything that we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So be encouraged today that the gifts of God that come to us are an expression of him and receive those things. Learn to appreciate these gifts in your own life. Sometimes, you know, you overlook those things and think maybe they're not significant or maybe you're afraid, you know, to step into that gift. But I want you to know that's the safest place that you can be. That's the safest place that you can abide is in the purpose of God for your life. And sometimes God takes us 
strange, to strange places and has us do what are, seems to be strange things. But then you finally see, oh, I see now why you know, God has done this. And when I, I think about my years in the ministry with Heather, we've really walked quite a, a journey and, and it doesn't look anything like I ever expected it to, to. It looks better, you know? It's bigger than what I ever dreamed. But I can remember one time my father called me and asked me to lead worship for our church. Now, I had no idea how to do that. I'd only played guitar in a small group. Uh, but to try to come into a setting in our church with a full band, you know, these are professional, well-trained, seasoned musicians, uh, to try to take on that task, I just didn't see it. But there was something about that call for me to do it from my dad, who was my pastor and still is my pastor to this day, to do it, that he called it out of me. He called that gift out of me that I didn't even know was there. It was, and then in the beginning of it, I hated it. I didn't want to do this because, you know, we, it was just a mess from the beginning. But, you know, he encouraged me to stay with it. And over time, I began to see this gift unfold. And before long, I loved it. I was writing church music and, and, and helping train up other worship leaders and doing these workshops at other churches and, you know, helping train up their band and things. I, I thought, God, how, how is it that you saw all of that? You put all of that in me. I just didn't know it was there until I discovered it. Listen, you have gifts, as I said, that may seem small right now and may seem not like much, but there's so much in it. Because the measure of his grace really is immeasurable. I want to finish with this verse of scripture on that thought. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. Actually, let's go back to 4. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Verse 6, And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here's seven. This is the one I want to get to. That in the ages to come, wow, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, think about that. We are singing amazing grace. We are still in awe to this day of his amazing grace. But I think we've only seen the tip of the Graceberg, apparently because the word says here, in the ages to come, he's going to show to us the exceeding riches of his grace. My goodness. I mean, just the, the, the grandeur of that, the thought of that, that eon, we're going to live forever and ever and ever, and his, we're going to keep seeing the exceeding riches of his grace. It's never going to end. There is no end to it. So believe that today that these are an expression of him. And since they're an expression of him, he's got you covered from start to finish. And so just the, those three thoughts today on when God says no. And that is, number one, you are who God says you are. You are no longer lost. You are no longer in darkness. Amen. You are children of light. So walk in that way. Also, uh, God's promise is greater than your performance. This is where you simply rest in him and believe in him. One thought on that. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray. And the next thing he says is so important. He, I'll tell you what he doesn't say. Uh, Obey me and you will, you'll have it. Or um, uh, behave <laughs> and you'll have it. Do, do a lot of good things and you'll have, no, he says, believe that you receive it. In other words, all of this performance 
of you getting what you receive is on God. And your part is to believe that he is able to do what he said he would do. And then lastly, God's gifts are an expression to us of him. He never changes, so his gifts never change. I hope this has blessed you today. I love you all very much. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.